Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time support that you, t you take every day to listen to me. I know there were many of you who listened yesterday and I hope you had uh, you understood uh, what I was trying to say. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact me via my email, religions, regimes, and refugees, or to my Facebook. Um, and I hope that you can build upon it, research, uh, try and understand what I said, build upon it, any questions, um, any points of views, discuss it with your friends, uh, your families, your your Facebook pair groups or any groups and, uh, you know, uh, spread the message that we need to heal from the rape of our minds and our uh, uh, exploitation of our metaphysical, join the dots, reformat, realign Yagna and rise above the status quo. So today I want to bring you something very important. Uh, I was on Facebook uh, and I was, uh, you know, I had a pop-up, uh, well, something that came to a friend's page. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of Jerome Antle. Uh, he's got a Facebook page and um, I'm subscribed to it. So he gave, uh, on that page, there was um, something that said, um, uh, talked about idol worshippers when Christians uh, are confronted the goalpost changes. Uh, he's talking about idol worshippers among Christians or Christianity or, should I say, Roman Catholics. Um, so there were a couple of people who wrote off that was one person who uh, said that, no, it's not Christians, but Catholics. And because I come from, I'm an ex-Catholic, um, you know, I, I took notice. And uh, so I talk, uh, this gentleman over here, you, you can go on my Facebook page and you will see, I don't know if you can see, but if you, uh, you know, he was having an argument with me. I, don't, I wouldn't say argument, but a discussion, should I say. Okay. Uh, and it was about a whole lot of things about Jesus Christ and miracles and, and uh, St. Thomas. The, the topic came about um, St. Thomas. So the, the question was, the statement by him was, it's not Christians that are... Uh, but Catholics, but the Catholic Church, he's talking about idol worship, uh, but Catholics, he says, the Catholic Church has tr has a tradition and a rich history. St. Thomas, disciple of, of Christ who landed in India, <coughs> sorry, and propagated Christianity, built the church which are run by Catholics. <coughs> Even Jesus promised when Jesus' second coming, um, Heaven and earth will be shaken, including man-made structures that included churches. So I was like stunned. <coughs> now, being an ex-Catholic, sorry about that, I have a little coughing fit. I, I know this argument uh, about St. Thomas, and I'm sure all of you have heard it. Saying Christianity is in India for 2,000 years. St. Thomas came to India and... Um, and converted, created miracles. He was the miracle man, converted Hindus. And he came and he built the, the community and he was so good. And he was a saint. He was connected to Jesus and uh, blah, blah, blah. And of course the Hindus killed him. You know, and that was the thing. And we are persecuted. We're a small little community. So they tell you the story. They, they spin this yarn about 
about conversion, about uh, prosecution, we are victims, we are prosecuted. This, this continuous negative mentality, this fear tactic, this plantational slavery, exploitation of our mind, like I say, and that's why there's so much rape in the Catholic Church. Uh, the, the priests are pedophiles, and yeah, they are they're, they're exploiting our mind with this cock and bull story. And I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. So I was having this argument back and forth on, on, on uh, I wouldn't say this discussion back and forth with um, this other Catholic. And, and I was stunned at his, his, his knowledge or lack thereof. And I don't know who he is, but I thought I will talk to you about St. Thomas being someone as being an ex-Christian. Um, and, and I'm sure you will come across this argument and I need, and you need to know the basics about this. Okay. Uh, so St. Thomas is a, is considered a saint in the Catholic church. Uh, he was one of the disciples, the companions or apostles of Jesus Christ. Um, he came to India in uh, supposedly, alleged, uh, supposedly in 55 AD, uh, on the coast of Malabar, uh, near, which is modern day Kerala. And, um, yeah, um, he landed there, he committed, he, he, you know, he converted people by miracles. He had miracles and miracles. And these miracles were, you know, converted people, Hindus, uh, uh, you know, absolutely stunned. But anyway, um, he converted Hindus. And um, that's how Christianity grew. It grew to peace. It grew to uh, peaceful purposes and peaceful agendas. And we're all about peace. Uh, nothing about you know, any type of activity that is not peaceful, uh, all the inquisitions, the murders, the rape, nothing. We're all about peace. We came to cure the caste system, it says, and came to cure sati. Yes, um, that's 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 what sati was rampant on the Indian subcontinent, and St. Thomas did that, and the Hindus didn't like it. And you can laugh if you want, because it is the biggest scam that is told to you ever, and there are people who are absolutely sold on this. Um, so as an ex-Christian, as an ex-Catholic, I want to talk to you about it, St. Thomas. So um, St. Thomas, like I said, is a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, when you're born into a Christian family, you are told right off the bat that you are a descendant of uh, a convert or pure Hindus who are converted uh, by St. Thomas. St. Thomas, we are, St. Thomas was the disciple, so we have a direct connection to to Jesus because Jesus disciple came here he he was a missionary and he came to spread the the his mission was the the mission of spreading the word of God or spread the word of Jesus Christ and your duty is to spread the word uh, and spread they won't say convert they won't say proselytize but they will say spread the word of God and and the Holy Spirit and uh, this, uh, you're indoctrinated that you belong to Jesus, you belong to Jesus, this absolute cock and bull story, uh, and you grew up with it and you believe it because that's the only thing you know. Uh, and of course, they tell this to all the wonderful people on the subcontinent. You know, there are a lot of 
poor people on the subcontinent. There are a lot of poor. Uh, the, the Indian National Congress has kept us poor, made us uh, make multiply and multiply and multiply and and given absolute total authority to these uh, uh, sales and marketing managers of God to run their agenda. And we've multiplied in bulk. And because we multiplied in bulk, uh, this story is spun. We are poor and, and vulnerable and, and then priest uh, go use the story of Saint Thomas who was the apostle of Christ um, and 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 con people into believing in them so who was he uh, like I said he came to he's allegedly supposed to have come to the Indian subcontinent 55 AD uh, here's what the story is they don't know exactly which year he came they don't know exactly where he landed okay they think it's 55 AD, but they don't know. Where did he land? Somewhere in Cochin, but they don't know where exactly. Okay. Uh, they think it's he landed in the port city of Missouri's Kerala, okay, around 52-55 AD. They have no proof of that. Absolute no proof. Um they said he he built a, a community. We were told today they say he built a Christian community. Okay, when we were young, he we were told that he built churches. He built churches where uh, they had uh, Christianity spread the word of, of Christ. Uh, <laughs> then they say. Um, he converted Hindus and he made miracles. He absolutely did miracles. And he converted Hindus. Okay. Uh, they never talked about Jews, but they said Hindus. And when we were young, it was only Hindus. Um, and he performed miracles. Okay. And this was all along the coast of Kerala. Now he says he died in what is today modern day Madras, okay, Chennai. Okay. Uh, there's a church built upon his graveside. So it's believed, okay? There's no proof that he died there. But he died there. Who killed him? The Hindus. Are you sure? 100%. So they have no proof that he came. They have no proof that he landed. The no, no proof where he landed. There is no proof that he built churches. There is no proof that he made any miracles. He said, she said. There's no proof what he did, what he wrote, not one book, not one literature, not one archaeological bone, stone, nothing. Nothing. There is, it's all about he said, she said. It's a story that the narrative that they spin as an exploitation of your metaphysical, like I said yesterday, but they are guaranteed, they know 100% that the Hindus killed him. Can you believe that? This is Christianity on the Indian subcontinent, my friend. This is what we are brainwashed to believe every single day. Hindus kill St. Thomas, and that's why they're bad. They're all about caste. They've got thousands of gods. But the Christians are poor little victims. We are persecuted victims. That's what we are told. It is a scam. It is the biggest scam ever. Uh, and you can read my note on the, on the Facebook page. Um... You, you can't get bigger than this. So I said, really? They, how, they are all convinced that the Hindus killed him. You can't be serious. If this is not a scam, I don't know what is. The gangs of pedophiles, as I like to call them, that call themselves priests, 
um, have conned us into believing in, in this fake story and keeping us on a plantation. People believe it without questioning. They are they brandish others as idol worshippers. They call them caste. We know that caste today is Latin, brought to the Indian subcontinent by the Europeans and not by Hindus. Um, so when Jesus preached that telling lies, keeping generations of people on an idol, I said which. Which Jesus preached that telling lies, keeping ke keeping generations of people on an ideological plantation while brainwashing them to despise their ancestors and fellow citizens are idolaters as idolaters are going to hell. It's time to question the narrative. Rise above this slave ideology. Thank you very much is what I said. So it's very important that you understand this junction because um, the priests, the padres, the, all denominations are going around the Indian subcontinent subcontinent proselytizing that Jesus came, Jesus' disciple came here in 55 AD and, um, and he made miracles and miracles and miracles and uh yeah absolutely uh you know um and he he was a judean he was a, he was a direct um, disciple of uh, christ of jesus christ and they are 100% sure that uh, that hindus killed him killed him i mean how does the government allow this cock and bull story to be taught to, to you to our youth obviously we're going to be a third world country when i say they re the rape of our mind of our metaphysical an exploitation of our metaphysical with with cock and bull stories that are that are absolute lies that do not make any sense that are false or even if you believe it that do not sit in your psychic because what actually transpired is completely different uh with and ideologies which have no proof how do you expect us to be a first world nation but this is what the christianity has done to the indian subcontinent particularly roman catholics now some people say um this is a catholic story okay uh he was catholic now for those who don't understand christianity has many denominations um one of the biggest ones is Roman Catholicism, and in India too, I think they are about half of the of the of the congregations of the church. Um, Christianity does not does not talk about anything else except this 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 story. Um, first of all, let me just say something. Saint Thomas was not a Christian. Christianity started in 323 AD. The first, um, the first time the word Chris, Christos, Christos started to be used. It's a, it comes from the word Christos, which means universal. Uh, it's a Greek word, if I'm not mistaken. And it was started. It was started to be used in Antioch, which is modern-day Turkey. Okay, it's very Turkey is very close to the Levant, to to Jerusalem. So. Uh, Jesus' followers uh, fled in different zones and um, his disciples and people who uh, allied with him and his political movement, because it was a political movement, it was not a religion, uh, it was not about God, um, people who fled and, and about, I think a hundred years later, if I'm not mistaken, in Antioch, which is modern-day Turkey, the, the word Christos began to be used, and Christianity really started in 323 AD, 
okay? So at, at the Council of Nicosia, okay? So there was no way he spread Christianity. There's no way he converted. He was a Jew, what we call today as a Jew, a Judean. There was no concept of Jew back then. There were Judeans or in, 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 um, in, 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 our, in, in Hebrew, Yehud. There were Yehudis, okay? Uh, and, and Jews do not convert, my friends. You have to have a lineage. You have your, ha your mother has to be Jewish. So it means your matriarchal, matrilineal lineage. Uh, so Jews don't convert, even today Jews don't convert. There is now proselytization going on, but Jews do not convert. They never did. Uh, you have to have lineage. If your mother's a Jew, then yes, you can, you can continue. Even if there's a break in it and if you can prove that your mother up the line was, was Hebrew, uh, you will be, you can go back to being Hebrew. You can go back to being Judean, uh, sorry, Jewish. So Jews don't convert. They all believed in lineage, in what we call as caste. Uh, lineage, lineage, lineage. Uh, all the Middle East believed in lineage. You could not be something. You could not join a tribe unless you married into the tribe. Your children would have lineage of that tribe, but you would still be a lineage of someone else uh, from another tribe. So you couldn't convert. And the concept of conversion didn't occur. These were political movements. Um, so Jesus did not convert, didn't ask anyone to convert, and, and Jews never converted. So what the hell is the scam that says that uh, St. Thomas came and he converted? He did not convert. There were no churches. The concept of churches, eclectia is the word, comes much later. There were underground churches, uh, should I say underground movements. They would have, uh, they would gather in the basements of, of, of homes of, of that time with candlelight and they would uh, gather together to discuss, to pray, what they call today as prayer, uh, but they would gather to discuss because they were persecuted in early, uh, um, early first, first, century B, first century AD. Um, and that was because they went against the, the, they went against the establishment. So they went against the establishment, and as a result of which, uh, obviously the establishment is going to go against them. They, they were considered what we consider today terrorists. So for, tho for th those days, they were, uh, they were against the establishment, against the government of the time, the local uh, government. And so they were, they were terrorized, and they were discriminated, they were pushed away, they were forced to flee, and that's why they came as refugees to the Indian subcontinent, because remember, the Indian subcontinent uh, was very rich. There were kings, there were castles, there were, there were um, plenty of uh, maharajas and all the gold, and there was food, there was uh, universities, there was uh, not only that, there were uh, universities, there was medicine, there was water, you could live there as a tribe, there, there, there was no uh, have to, you should, you must, there was no force, uh, people lived here in peace, uh, yes, there was war, yes, there were problems, I'm not saying that everything was uh, perfect, but the bottom line is that there was so much of money and plenty on this land, and people came here automatically to, uh, to flee, 
They did not come here. To, you never go to another ha- home. You never go to someone else's house or another country in order to to help them, to train them, to be, to make them better. You can't go because you don't have something, so you go to another land. You will never go to another land if you have everything in your own land. So these people didn't have a home. They were persecuted. They were they were fleeing from political. Uh, trauma and they came to the Indian subcontinent so on, they can't have peace in their own home they're fleeing their own homes so you're coming here and you're telling me that you came to convert people and you're lying to, and you're lying to us that he he made churches they could they didn't have churches even in Judea they didn't have churches in Galilee they didn't have churches in the Levin how is he going to build churches here there's no there's no there's no way he would have converted. It's a lie. We don't know when he landed. We no, don't know where he landed. We know that he never converted because that's a lie. We know that um, he never built any churches or any literature. There's nothing. That's a lie. We know that Jews don't convert. And they said, first they said only Christians convert. Now they say Christians and Jews, sorry, Hindus and Jews. Um, everyone during that time, even on the Indian subcontinent, had lineage in the sense we were tribes. Tribes do not convert. Tribes keep uh, tribes keep uh, to their tribes, or even if they go to another tribe, it's a political alliance. It's tribe one tribe to the other. They have they form political alliances, but political alliances were all over the place. It's not God. God doesn't mean political alliances. There was no conversions. And all of a sudden, he's creating miracles. What about the miracles on his own land? He could not save himself. He could not save Jesus Christ. And he's spreading the mission of, of the Christ on the Indian subcontinent when it has nothing to do with uh, with Jesus. I mean, Jesus was trying to save his own soul in, in, in the Levin. He couldn't. He was, he was killed. Uh, so they couldn't save Jesus. They couldn't save themselves. They couldn't try and preach some mission about Jesus on another land. And do miracles? Why didn't they do a miracle in their own land? They have there, there is no way they did any miracles over there. Their miracles are cockable stories, absolute lies. And on, all of a sudden they have miracles over here. Why couldn't you do a miracle to save Jesus? Why couldn't you do a miracle when the Hindus apparently killed you? Because it's a scam. It's a total scam. And we've been conned into believing the scam. And every time you don't believe them, they'll throw a miracle at you. I mean, these miracles, what exactly are these miracles? Do you have any proof of these miracles? Absolutely not. I'm going to read you, uh, um, um, I'm going to read you something from uh, the Indian Catholic Matters. It's a website uh, on, on, on the web. And, and this is what they have to say. Okay, St. Thomas the Apostle of India. It's absolute hilarious and and as an ex-christian i'm ashamed of it but it ha- it happens and you need to understand this this uh this dilemma that the lie that they've been they've been telling you they're telling all of us um they have no proof for anything except their knowledge that um oh that hindus killed him they apparently they say so this is a hotly debated issue but tradition exists christianity in kerala was founded by saint thomas the apostle who landed on the Malabar coast at Malyankara near Kranganur. The St. Thomas Christians cling to an unbroken belief. So I repeat, it's an unbroken belief only. Going back to their patron's arrival in the year 52, the church has remained faithful to the tradition of Jesus St. Thomas, Thomas's journey from 
Palestine. There was no Palestine back then. That's a lie. Uh, via Syria to India. It was a story long forgotten in the West, uh, which had become to regard itself as a true home of the faith. Uh, forgetting that Christianity is quintessentially an Eastern religion. Eight days after Jesus met his disciples following the resurrection, um, he encountered St. Thomas. Since then, St. Thomas Apostle has been better known as the Doubting Thomas. His least used title in India is he um, is Apostle of India. In the, in the subcontinent, the situation is very different. Here, even the vast non-Catholic majority of 1.7 billion um, are aware of his role as a missionary. In the indigenous church of Kerala state, India has a tradition that St. Thomas sailed to spread the Christian faith. He is said to have landed at a small port village named um, Paliaur near Guru Vayur, which is a priestly community at that time. He is he here he conversed with the community. For prominent rich priestly Hindu families accepted the Christian faith. He said that to he is said to have been baptized by Saint Thomas itself. Saint Thomas has preached to the Hindus and Jews of South India and won thousands of converts. For the St. Thomas's Christians, there's still no doubt that Christian heritage goes back to their patron's arrival in 52. The relics of St. Thomas are less common than his tomb, of which, he, of which there are perpetually six. Six tombs? I don't know. A fascinating reliqui, reliquary exists in Malyapur, original housing some of the various saints' bones. Uh, it is now empty. Uh, the decoration tells a heartening story of the coexistence in India, which, with the decoration in Hindu styles, probably crafted by Muslims, uh, of, on a Christian theme. It's a testament to Indian multiculturalism. Uh, the only thing missing is the Jewish element. It is known that the earliest converts to Christianity in southern India uh, were, like Thomas himself, Jews. This is part of the diaspora tends to be forgotten by the Jewish community. As St. Thomas of India is uh, by the Christians around the world. Now the Gospel, uh, little is recorded of St. Thomas the Apostles in the Gospel, but it's in the Gospel of John, he says particularly a distinctive part. Thomas is often commended for his lack of belief, but Thomas was equally courageous, willing to stand by Jesus in dangerous times. He also relentlessly sought the truth. He uttered those famous words regarding the resurrected Lord. Unless I put my finger into his wound, I will not believe. Uh, to this day, St. Thomas is venerated as the Apostle of India. In fact, there exists a population of Christians along the Malabar coast of the western coast of India who claim to, to conversion by St. Thomas. This tradition holds uh, that he built seven churches, was martyred during prayer on Big Hill near Madras and was buried near Malyapur, on the eastern coast. Uh, doesn't say martyred by Hindus over here because they'll know they'll have a backlash. Ultimately, St. Thomas' uh, remains were transported to Ortona, Italy, where they reside today. Um, so I, I just want to say here, he built seven churches. Okay, it, it's in black and white. It's called IndianCatholicMasters.org. Okay. Uh, it's it's an article from July the second, twenty two thousand twenty two, by Leon Bent. Absolutely ridiculous. There was no such thing as church 
um, in, in the first century uh, of Christ. And he says here very clearly, um, where does he say here? Hold on. Um, the only thing missing is the Jewish element is known that the earliest converts to Christianity in southern India were, like Thomas himself, Jews. So he says Thomas was a Jew. So why would he build a church if he's a Jew? Christ did not. There is no such thing as church in uh, in Christ in Jesus's vocabulary because Jesus the church comes. It's a monument. It's an architectural monument. It has nothing to do. Jesus didn't come for architecture. Jesus didn't come for to build. Jesus didn't come for anything. There was nothing that he came to build or he didn't have any money. He was persecuted. He fled. Uh, he was against. He was a political. Uh, um, he was a political activist of his time. Um, they didn't have any money. So he was not going to go and build churches. So he could, Jesus never built churches. The apostles never built churches. The early Christians for the first 300 years um, gathered together in, um, in underground uh, basements to hide from the authorities, from the Roman authorities. And all of a sudden he comes to, to India and he builds churches, right? And he's a Jew. From where did he get the idea of churches? So Jesus dies in, 39, in 33 AD. This fellow comes here in 52. Say about he lives here 20 years, okay? Let's just presume 20, 25 years. All of a sudden, he invents the concept of church, which he couldn't do in his own land. And, and he's okay, and he's, he's on an Indian subcontinent. He builds churches, and uh, people are going to say, oh, yeah, sure, and then they kill him, and he's a martyr. I mean, does it make any sense to you? If this is not a scam, I don't know what is. They have zero proof. There was no church built because Jews do not build churches. This was a political movement. Christ Christianity started 300 years later. Christianity again only came to the surface uh, as a political movement and it joined with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire uh, made it official in 323 322 BCE, all these people who were um, going against the, the Jewish uh, Sanhedrin, the Jewish state, the orthodoxy of this time, um, and um, in 323, and that's when Christianity became uh, became official, and the title of Christ was given to Jesus. There's no such thing as Christ, Jesus Christ. Ta Christ is a title. He was never Jesus Christ. There is no tomb. There is nothing that is Jesus Christ. Jesus, uh, his name was Ye Yeshua, uh, Yeshua ben Josef, okay, because they always had lineage. So uh, they always said son of, father of, son of, father of, and that they have lineage. And that lineage is ben in Hebrew, okay, B-E-N. So you go to any Hebrew place, you'll see ben this, ben that, uh, Yosef ben uh, Yeshua. So he means Yosef is the son of Yeshua. So his name, Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yosef, uh, sorry, Yeshua ben Josef, because his father was Josef. So he, uh, Jesus, son of Joseph in English, okay, his, his name was not Jesus Christ, Je Christ is a title, like Muhammad's a title, 
Christ was a title. It was given by uh, the latter political movement and uh, and the Christian and the Roman uh, Roman Empire, and it means eternal. Christos. Christos means internal. So it's an internal empire. You didn't have to convert to it. It was a political empire. He he was he this was a political empire. So what Christian community did he did he invent? If Jesus didn't invent any community, twenty five years later, uh, his his friend over here all of a sudden invents churches. How can you not? How can you do something on someone else's land and you can't do it on your own land? Why? And you need a miracle. You could have performed a miracle there. You could have performed a miracle in in going around in in church, in underground basements. And over here, you build the church. So you understand the cock and bull scam that they've given us, and they they the exploitation of our mind leads to the exploitation of our physical body and that's why the church has been involved in pedophilia in rape in in um, in all sorts of nonsense and they're converting people left right and center people who are weak people who are poor people who are, are not nothing instead of being there for them giving them hope giving them money giving them education they convert you and tell you that uh, you're going to uh, they're going to heaven, and this is a scam, because Jesus himself never con never uh, converted anyone. Never converted anyone. He was there to balance the status quo, uh, align, uh, solve the problems. He was solving the problem. He was solving the divide and rule. He was telling people, "Look, we are the same. We are different tribes, but we are the same." He wanted to remove the labels. He did not want to put the labels together. He did not want to keep the labels. He wanted to remove these divide and rule. That's what was happening. And and get together and solve the problems again, uh, which was against uh, against the, the Hebrew Sanhedrin, the Judean Sanhedrin, which was the parliament at the time. The orthodoxy was very corrupt, and he wanted to solve the problem. The people were poor. The people were starving, which is something we do even today. It was political activism. And here he goes, and, and all of a sudden, the, the church then invents themselves, uh, aligns themselves with Jesus and said, Jesus told them, and for 2,000 years they've been telling us cock and bull stories, and that's what we grew up with, without any proof except belief. As they say here, uh, the Christians of Kerala cling to a strong, unbroken belief, my friend. At the end of the day, it's all belief. It's not re reality. They've been telling this lie for so long. They don't. Know, they don't even remember it anymore. They. They've been telling this lie for so long. They do not know what they're lying about. And it's important for you to understand and spread this news. Have this conversation with, with any of your friends, your groups, any five friends. Ask them to share it with five friends. Ask those five friends to share it each with five more friends. And tell them they are being conned by this minority cock and bull story as 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 put it we are poor minorities we've been persecuted well you've been persecuted for two thousand years what were you doing you're telling me for two thousand years you've been persecuted you never had you 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 never got up and and did anything about it you had power in the British. You never did anything about it. You had power in the British in the Portuguese. What did you do? You're still persecuted. So every generation they come, then they will tell, oh, the previous generation, we are persecuted. They sing you the same song, and then you say you're minorities. And when people leave, then they go and say, oh, well, the fascist Hindu, the fascist this, the fascist that. They won't tell you that you're saying a lie. 
if 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 you've been if you're persecuted for 200 years that means you're useless you're absolutely useless why would i want to stay with you you've been persecuted for 2000 years if that's the only thing you can do is be persecuted and, and give me a narrative with the exploitation of my mind while i know that you have the your the church is the biggest landowner after the defense forces in the country how did that happen if you're persecuted if the Christians are persecuted, then the church wouldn't have any money. But the church is thinking rich, the second largest uh, institution landowner in the country. Crows and crows and crows of rupees. How do they manage if they're persecuted, if they really care? How do they build all these schools? Because it's our money that they've taken to have these schools. We put money in their boxes, in their charity. They sing us a cock and bull story. They lie to us. And, oh, Jesus came and saved us. And Jesus' disciples. And the Hindus killed him. It's everything about the Hindus killed him. And then behind the scenes, they got money. If you ask them about the money, there's no accountability one after the other. Zero accountability. And the only thing they can do is they can have this website, Indian Catholic Matters. I'm sorry, as an ex-Christian, an ex-Catholic, I say no. I, I, I've left, okay? And I wrote this, I wrote it on, on, uh, um, on the Facebook page. Uh, my question to you is, do you have any proof? No. I know all about this debate and I grew up with it. It's the biggest scam of the Catholic Church. Jews do not convert. Never. Christianity was an empire, an alliance of tribes and groups that finally joined the Roman Empire. Similarly with Islam and Judaism. They were all tribes that formed alliances to form the Islamic Empire. The Middle East never converted as they were strong on lineage, something that everyone on the planet did at the time. The Catholic Church perpetrated this lie for 1700 years. Now they have to live with it. They cannot go back. The concept of church never existed in 55 AD. Your article starts by saying that St. Thomas Christians cling to an unbroken belief. At the end of the day, they have been brainwashed for 2,000 years. And that's all. They are not part of the Catholic Church in the first place. It was the Portuguese who butchered them, burnt all their infrastructure, and that's when they joined the uh, Portuguese Catholic Empire. They were actually Syrian Christians or Syrian Jews. They were Jews of, they were Judeans of Syrian descent. That is which... The, that which the church will never talk about. No, not one shred of evidence, just belief. Sorry, we need archaeological tested proof. Bones, DNA, literature, anything to show that he came. Not a colonial political empire brainwashing us with belief. Um, and I go on to say, miracles are... He's, he, miracles are he said, she said. Miracles have no proof. When you have to enslave the world, use enslave the world, use slaves, rape your way through history, you can document all you want, miracles where he said, she said. This goes for any group. Brainwashing when you live in fear and pretend that some hell is coming to save you while the priests rape their way to generation after generation, it's insulting. Jews don't convert, so these, conversation, these conversions never happen and no church was built. You cannot cure one disease, one illness, but you expect me to believe that there is some miracles by God who could not save his own son. 
Jesus was a Judean and Thomas fled to the Indian, St. Thomas fled to the Indian subcontinent as a refugee. Miracles is a farce of the Abrahamic groups. I grew up on your plantation, brainwashed, but decided to rise up and send you all to the hell you invented. Uh, the fact that you cannot understand, the air you breathe is the same for all, the food you eat is farmed by Hindus, armed forces are not Christian, non-Catholics, the education system is funded by non-Catholic, non-Christians, yet God is only taking you to heaven. You have to be brainwashed completely. We are all currents and waves. It is your currents that form the waves, not miracles. You cannot take a wave and send it to heaven. So the same for all species of life on the, on the subcontinent, on the, on the continent, on the cosmos. There is no heaven or hell, and Thomas otherwise was known as Didymus in Greek. It and was a refugee. Didymus in Greek means twin. That means he was a twin. Some people think he's a twin of Jesus. May he rest in peace and may people brainwashed in his name one day find their freedom from slavery. So my dear friends, this is what I w wrote on, on Facebook. I don't know if you have access to it uh, because I wrote it on Jerome's Anto's page. So that J-E-R-O-M-E Anto, if you want to go on Facebook and, and you know find it, it's there and you can read all you want. Now I just want you to go to Facebook. I want you to go if you don't mind, I, uh, if you're still there. Uh, I, I I posted something on on Facebook uh, that is um, a um, a map of first uh, century AD 11th, which is Judea. Okay, that was uh, that was the area where Jesus was born and lived for 33 or 34 years. So, I want you to see this map yourself. Click on it. And you will, on, on my Facebook page, Religions, Regimes, and Refugees, okay? You will see the map of first century uh, Israel, what we call Israel today, modern Israel. So below you will see the state of Judea. On the right, you will see Perea. In the middle, you will see Samaria. On the top, you will see, in, in right above Samaria, you will see Galilee. Very, very important for you to understand this, my friend. Judea was, all these were Roman provinces, okay? Um, the administration uh, was done by, by the Romans. It's very much like the British colonized land, but the British were only taking part of the administration on the top, okay? The security, the armed forces, the actual land was ruled by the locals, the Maharajas and the Nawabs, okay? And the Zamindar. So the locals were Judeans, they were Hebrew, okay? What we call today as Jews. Uh, it was run by the local Judean uh, parliament, uh, parliament, okay? And their orthodoxies, that means their rabbis and their holy priests. Uh, that's who was running the land, literally on the ground. Now they formed an alliance, the Judeans and their priests on the ground formed an alliance, okay? And this and and, and allied with the uh, Romans uh, as a duality, as an alliance to share power. That means uh, everyone, the Romans got a cut out of everything, and, and so and all they had to do was maintain peace. And the Judean Orthodoxy, the, the Jewish Orthodoxy, then maintained peace on the ground, and they kept a part of the taxes. So everyone, I scratch your back, and and this is exactly how it's played off even today. You have the uh, federal state and you have the local provincial or this uh, the local uh, uh, individual states 
Now, Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth was in Galilee. If you take a look at the map, okay, you will see Galilee on the top. Okay, absolutely the top. Um, I wouldn't say the, the top, top, because top is Phoenicia. Um, so it's on top of Samaria. Now, this part of Galilee was not controlled um, by the Jewish Sanhedrin, that means the Jewish Orthodoxy. It was not controlled by them. It was only controlled by the, by the Hebrews, okay, sorry, by the Romans. They had nothing to do with the, so it was pretty much free, okay? Um, um, it is. It, it was free. It was not controlled by uh, by the orthodoxy, by the Jewish, by the, the 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 priestly class. And so anyone could live there as long as they maintained their peace. There was more freedom over there uh, than anywhere else. It was beautiful. Um, and you could follow any ideology that you want because Romans really didn't have it. Uh, Romans were like Hindus uh, of the time. Uh, they believed in uh, anything. Um, well, they had their own uh, deities like us, uh, but they they did not have a, a dogma. So any type of ideology, any type of opinion was okay as long as you maintain security in the state. They were not hard and fast on on what you believe. They, you're free to be who you choose to be. That was the Roman Empire of this time. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm saying very clearly. Galilee uh, is in the north, in northern, um, um, northern Levant, okay, northern Israel. Um, between the Litany River in modern-day Lebanon and the Jerusalem valley of modern-day Israel. Galilee is commonly divided into three parts, upper Galilee with heavy rains and high peaks, lower Galilee with middle weather, and the Sea of Galilee. The region of Galilee changed hands a number of times over the centuries, Egyptian, Assyrian, Can Canaanite, and Israelite. Along Judea, which is south, and Perea on the, on the west, it constituted the Herod's great Judean rule. Um, Galilee is best known as a region where, according to the Gospels, Jesus conducted the bulk of his missionary. Okay, why? Of his ministry. Why? Because it was free. The Romans let you do what you want as long as you maintain peace. You could do, you, that's why it was so great. It's like, you know, living outside the country. It's like me living in, 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 um, it's like me living in, in, in the West. I'm free at, at this point. And it's, and that's what the Romans were like. Um, the gospel authors claim that the youth was uh, that Jesus's youth was spent in Lower Galilee, okay, uh, while his adulthood and preaching occurred around the northwestern shores of the Sea of Galilee. The towns where Jesus spent most of his time, Capernaum and Bethsaida, were all in Galilee. So why is Galilee important? Archaeological evidence indicates that this rural region was sparsely populated in ancient times, perhaps because it was susceptible to flooding. The pattern continued during the early Hellenistic era, but it may have changed under the Hasmoneans, who launched a process of internal colonization in order to re-establish Jewish control um, Jewish cultural and political dominance in Galilee. The Jewish historian Josephus wrote, records that there were 200 villages in Galilee 
uh, in 66 CE. So it was heavily populated by this time. So by the time Jesus was there, it was heavily populated. Now, um, Jesus died in 33 AD. Okay, that's very important. Being more exposed to foreign influences than other Jewish regions, it had a strong pagan as well as Jewish population population who believed who were Jewish, but populations who did other things, uh, Greeks, Hellenistic, Romans, uh, Phoenicians, Sumerians, uh, Philistine, anything. Galilee was known as Galil, Galil HaGoyim, region of the Gentiles. Okay. Um, so, yes, so Galil HaGoyim, because of the high Gentile population, because the region was surrounded by three sides on three sides by foreigners. So Gentiles are people who non-believing uh, Jews, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Gentiles, Gentiles meaning, um, sorry, I'm just going to make sure what I'm saying. Uh, people, yes, people who are not Jews uh, or so-called called by them, they're being aliens in worship, that means they, and so they, they believe in their own stuff, whatever it is, not in the Jewish form of worship. And uh, it's very much like saying Kufar. Okay. So Kufar is uh, someone who does not believe in, in Islam, uh, is not allied with Islam. And they are Kufar. Um, so in, in those days, they were called Gentiles. Okay. As we say it now. Or Galil, Galil HaGoyim. Um, I'm going to. And I'm going to post this article on my Facebook page. Uh, a unique Galilean identity was developed under Ro Roman political procedures, which caused Galilee to be treated as a separate administrative area cut off from Judea and Samaria. So like I said, the administrative area of Galilee was controlled by the Roman and not the Jews, okay, the Jewish orthodoxy. This was enhanced by the fact that Galilee was for quite some time ruled by Roman puppets rather than directly by Rome. It allowed for greater social stability too, meaning that it was a center of anti-Roman, um, it, it wasn't, it was not a center of anti-Roman political activity and it wasn't a marginalized region either. Two misconceptions that can be taken take, when we take from the gospel. Galilee is also a region where Judaism acquired most of its modern form. Uh, second, after the second Jewish revolt and Jews were expelled from Jerusalem entirely, many were forced to migrate north. And this greatly increased the populations of Galilee over time. Attracted Jews um, already living in some areas. Both the Mishnah and, and the uh, Babel, uh, Palestinian Talmud were written here. For example, uh, today it retains a large population of both Arab, Muslim, Druze, despite being part of Israel. Major Galilean cities include Akko or Akra, Nazareth, Safayid, and Tiberias. So we see that it was an administrative area by the Romans alone, and there was there was not that much anti-political activity. And, uh, and and that's why people uh, moved here to be free from the from the Jewish uh, groups in Judea. Now, by 70, uh, these people were the Galileans or the Jesus movement that was based in Nazareth, uh, which is 
um, which is Galilee. So please follow my map. If you, if you see my map, please follow it. Uh, you have the city of Nazareth, which is on the border of Samaria and Galilee, and uh, Sephoris, which is not very far. Um, so the Jesus political movement was based out of here. And this movement was creating massive havoc in down, down in Judea and uh, below. Okay, it's very much like the Pakistanis. The Pakistanis are creating havoc in uh, in Judea below. Pakistanis creating havoc. Sorry, in in India, they're sending, they're killing people, they're killing, uh, having their bombs, they're converting people, they they're doing anti-national activities. Now the Jesus political movement was pretty much the same. They wanted to to um, they wanted to go against. They wanted to uh, you know. Uh, educate the Jews below to rise up, to uh, align together and rise up against the uh, um, the corrupt uh, orthodoxy, the Jewish orthodoxy in Judea. So they wanted the people to rise up. It was like a revolution, a revolt that was happening because the Jewish orthodoxy was absolutely corrupt. And Jesus was some type of political um, activist um, so Jesus the Jesus political movement the Jesus uh, group was um, aiming to convince people to please uh, rise up and um, rise up and, and, and rise up against the polit uh, against the Jews this created a massive political revolt by by 70 CE. Um, the Romans were so angry that they disbanded the, the Jews from, from Jerusalem, okay, and burnt the temple. This, the second temple, if you see what we call the Temple Mount today, that was a, a full-fledged temple and the Romans burnt it down. Uh, once they burnt it down, um, the Jews had to flee. A lot went up north, and some went into Africa, some went into Europe, and some went into Arabia. And the easiest place to go, free from all troubles, uh, with money, um, with money, with food, the agriculture, with, with climate, it was not cold because you went up north to Europe, it was cold. If you get one, then went down to Africa, you had to go to the Sahara. So the easiest place was sit on a boat and go to the Indian subcontinent. And that's why many, many Jews uh, and Hebrews and Arabs fled here. A lot of us who have ancestors today come from this area. They came, they aligned, they realigned with the Vedic population, gave up their Hebrew uh, ideology or, or political alliance and aligned with the, with the Indian subcontinent and became what we call today as Hindus. And a lot of us have ancestors who come from this region. Even if we don't know, even if we do not use their names or the labels anymore, even if we've forgotten, uh, a lot of us have ancestors who come from this region. So you see, um, by 70 CE, the temple came down, and by 66 CE, this place was then taken over by the Jewish Orthodoxy. So the Jewish Orthodoxy then goes uh, along with the, with the, with the Romans, colonizes this region or takes over this region and brings this region under the administrative power of the Judeans, of the Hebrews. Uh, they are no longer free. They are now part of the administrative area of Judea. And that means they had to flee. Um, imagine if you're a political activist and uh, 
you're rising up against the government, you're rising against the BJP and trying to commit anti-national activities, the, the, the government's going to put you in prison. And if they put you in prison, you want to flee. You, you, you don't want to be there. And this is what this movement, the Jesus movement was. They had to flee. Um, and as a result of which, they came to the Indian subcontinent. So they, they were involved in what we call today, is Jesus' movement was actually in a political movement, was involved in what we call today anti-national activities which is a fact whether you agree with the with, with it or not would you say well he's just trying for peace and he wanted people to believe in God doesn't matter if you go to Pakistan and you say well I don't like the Pakistani government I want to bring it down you will be considered an anti-national you have to respect the laws of the land you can't go and create a revolt anywhere and say well you know you're not raw, right I'm right and you're who are you to bring down a government the government will come down automatically will change automatically by in, in by by endangering a state and the security of a state you are uh, you will bring rot upon you and which is not wrong, even if you don't like the Jewish orthodoxy and you think they're corrupt. You have certain ways of ch making change. And um, Jesus' movement would have done what we call as anti-national activities. So they had to flee. That's why Jesus was killed. Uh, and they had to flee the rest who survived. And today they refuse. They, they, they control the narrative today because finally they became a force to reckon with. The people revolted. And, and they spread out all over Palestine, or should I say Jerusalem, um, Judea, uh, modern-day uh, Turkey, uh, Iran, and they became a power slowly by slowly by slowly. The message spread. They became a powerhouse allied with the Roman Empire, and we got Christianity. So Christianity is actually the empire, uh, and Christ is a title that's given to Jesus after he died. This is not his real name. So to say that he... G to say that St. Thomas came here uh, to start Christianity, well, no, Christianity is an empire. Um, and to convert, you can't convert people to a political empire. Uh, so that's absolutely wrong. Um, and, and this is exactly what I'm trying to tell you. People will con you into believing this and then can say, well, you have to convert, blah, blah, blah. Please uh, go have uh, fun and tell them that this is a scam. Um, so I'm just going to read you something that I wrote. I read it to you before, but I'm going to read it to you again. Um, research shows that the so-called Christians of St. Thomas did not use any symbols until the Portuguese came 450 years ago. That would mean only one thing. The first converts to Christianity were Israelite descendants who were converted by the Portuguese 500 years ago, 450, not by Thomas. There were no churches for the first century, three centuries of Christianity, and there were only house movements and the basement churches. This all came later, much later established by the Roman Emperor Justinian. The growing resentment directed at the Hebrew rabbinical authority after Jesus led to house churches where people would gather in hiding and discuss, talk, share stories and support one another. This led to an underground movement that gathered steam and finally became a majority. The Roman political power had to acknowledge it and made it an official ideology of the state. Um, Christianity became an establishment and once in power made the same mistakes as the Hebrew establishment that came before. No sooner did Christianity get to power, it took over the Roman infrastructure and rebranded them as churches. So it took some 350 years. 
Until this time, they had nothing. So how did history tell us that St. Thomas built churches with crosses and converted Hindus to Christianity in the first century AD? St. Thomas was not a Christian. He was far from Rome, Klein state of Galilee. He came out of the Bedouin desert. He had no idea of building churches, concrete constructions. He was a small carpenter. The concept of Christian churches did not exist in the first century. The locals on the Indian subcontinent were the ones who had thousands of years of knowledge and experience in building massive temples. So if he did anything, it was the knowledge of the Hindu with the knowledge of the local Hindus and their heritage. Yet the story spun was that St. Thomas came to India to save the local Hindus. The Catholic rhetoric is, is that St. Thomas went to India to evangelize a pagan land. So according to Christianity, we are pagans. Hindus are pagans. And this is exactly what he says, pagans. Uh, Judeans or Hebrews do not convert or proselytize. Your mother has to be a Hebrew in order for you to be a Hebrew. So the so-called early Christians were actually Israelite refugees from the original kingdom of Israel going back 27 to 2700 to 3000 years on the Indian subcontinent. Since the church has nothing to offer Christians as way of proof of their idiocracy, they spun the story of miracles, victimhood, persecution, and here we go. That's why we have a massive Christian community even today in South India at the bottom of the ladder. We were brainwashed to believe in stupidity. The real Portuguese, when the the real story was when the Portuguese arrived in India, they realized that the locals in South India already knew about Jesus, and the biblical literature is is what is considered the Old Testament. All other Hebrew literary work, uh, among other Hebrew literary works, their philosophy had preceded them, but instead of joining hands or recognizing it, they did the reverse. The Europeans who embraced Christianity were those who have been from the Yehud branch of the Indian of the ancient kingdom of Israel. They despised anyone who was from the northern kingdom of Israel, that is the ten tribes. As all descendants of the Israelite tribes would have found a home on the very rich Indian subcontinent, their ideological battle continued on the soil of Hindustan. So basically it was a proxy war, very much like you have proxy wars between socialism and capitalism all over the world. Since the Sephardic Jews who were chased out of Portugal and Spain are the, after the Royal Conquista on the subcontinent, so did the Portuguese Empire in, in Heliate all the literature, places of worship, and any evidence of Israelite tribes and Jews on the Indian western coast. Local historians consider unforgivable the order given to destroy or alter beyond recognition of, of all the writings of the Hebrew communities who think uh, today St. Thomas Christians that, but are actually Israelites. After uh, having annihilated the distinctive theological beliefs of this community, the Portuguese reached out to, to annihilate all the cultural links which bound them to the real apostle of Thomas. The Israelite community who maintained the Sabbath on Saturday was very conveniently forced to change the same to Sunday by the Portuguese. Manuals of the Hebrew community activities were torn to pieces. Records of districts, documents relating the manifold contacts of the wonderful people were burned. A treasure chest of early Judean or Assyrian history and literature were ruined for eternity with no trace. 
By the end of the 16th century, the Portuguese had all but inculeated any link not only to St. Thomas, but the past of the land, which included much of the Vedic history of the land too. Of course, St. Thomas Christians were later integrated into the Latin Church, of whom they are still part of even today. Not all, though not all, and very unaware of their past. The important point here is that is what was the Latin Church trying to do away with? That is the Portuguese. What were they trying to burn? Of course, all the above would have been carried out with the help of dissidents within the Hebrew tribes itself. They were suffocated with literature, ignorant rituals of purity and impurity, which were forced upon even non-Hebrews and Hebrews alike. With someone to open the door on the inside, they walked right in and took over. Uh, growing up in the church, we were told that the church in India was 2,000 years old since one of Jesus' own disciples came and graced our shores. Thus, we must follow his religion of God and his only son who was sent down to earth to save us from sin. We were never taught how the Portuguese ransacked and butchered the Hebrew community and all their literature and archaeology. The Indian church has made no bones about the fact that only their interpretation of persecution of pagan Hindus of the early Christians is the only truth. They insist that Thomas would have finally been killed by local Hindus, typical victimhood you would think to gain our sympathy and despise Hindus. Power-centric, martyr-mongering, they call the, the theology. Nothing, uh, however, was mentioned of the persecution of the Hebrew community of the Beni Israeli uh, groups by the Latin Portuguese Empire. So this is a little article I wrote uh, years ago, um, and, and I've just read it to you. So um, it is important to understand this because this is the scam and the, and the cock and bull story that is used by the Indian church to proselytize on the Indian subcontinent. You need to understand the story. You need to understand the map of where this, these, the, this happened. Very, very important. And you need to have the um, argument to, arg uh, to argue uh, with these, uh, these priests uh, who come around to misuse uh, local people who are poor. Um, understand it, spread the news, spread this podcast, um, have the conversation, do your homework. I'm going to, I've only put one link on the Indian, uh, one link on my Facebook page. I will put another uh, link and I need you to please go there if possible. Obviously, I'm not forcing you, but uh, I'd like you, if possible, to go on to that page and understand what we're talking about because this is very, very important. St. Thomas, the disciple apostle of India, um, the Christian apostle of India, as they call it, um, he would never have heard this word Christianity. If, if, um, if St. Thomas came back to life today and you'd ask him, St. Thomas, uh, you're the one, the Apostle of India, who, who started Christianity, he would have no idea what you're talking about because Christianity did not exist when he was there. So thank you very much for your time. I will lend this podcast. I know we've been talking for 65 minutes. I apologize. Thank you so much. Please spread this podcast and uh, have yourself a great day, my friends. Peace until we meet again.